Hi, welcome to ClodiCast. My name is Audrey Clody. This podcast aims to break down science, history, and politics with the help of experts. Join with me today is Professor of Social Psychology, Yolanda Yetta. Yolanda and I will be discussing conspiracy theories, how they develop, and why misinformation is so rampant in this day and age. I hope you enjoy. Yolanda, thank you for joining me today. Um, can you briefly introduce yourself and uh, your background and how you got interested in your field of interest? Um, yeah, so I'm uh, Yolanda Yetta. I'm a, a, a professor of social psychology and a, a ARC laureate fellow at the University of Queensland in the School of Psychology. Uh, so I did my training uh, in the Netherlands. I did uh, my PhD at, uh, in Amsterdam, University of Amsterdam. And well, I've always had an interest in group processes, relationships between groups. Uh, so it started off with uh, being very interested in stereotyping, prejudice, discrimination between groups, uh, but also more recently interested in um, communication across group boundaries. But even in things like uh, well-being, how do, do, does uh, being a member of particular groups contribute to our well-being? Mm. Um, so I know one of the hot topics right now is uh, conspiracy theories and how it relates to group behavior. So I guess if the audience isn't already aware, would you mind um, defining what a conspiracy theory is and how it relates to group behavior? Yeah, I think it's important to make a difference between a conspiracy and a conspiracy theory. So a conspiracy is really when a group of individuals get together, often uh, people who are powerful, and they, uh, behind closed doors, come up with a plan that affects us all, right? And uh, they're not sharing that, it's not uh, public knowledge. And that, that certainly happens, right? That uh, uh, our leaders, that they decide things and roll out certain policies and measures that they're not sharing with us. Um, what you then may have, though, is that people may develop conspiracy theories uh, mm -hmm. sort of hypothesis about that this is happening, that there is a group of elites who are uh, plotting uh, secretly. Um, and uh, when it comes to conspiracy theory, it's, it's really something that needs to be tested. Uh, and uh, we call someone a conspiracy theorist who often assumes, yes, that's true. And uh, the tension is often that there are many other people who say, nah, that's, I don't believe that, that's not true. So conspiracy theories are really a debate about uh, uh, whether a particular hypothesis about these dark forces in the background uh, trying to influence our behavior, whether that is accurate or not. Right. And um do you have any uh, evolutionary um, background in psychology that would benefit groups or um, societies that actually benefit from adopting uh, conspiracy theories? Is there like a societal benefit or a group benefit, do you think? Well, 
Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's evolutionary. I mean, what what we can say is that um, people have evolved in groups. Uh, mm-hmm. We cooperate with others, and that is our means of survival. And still, I mean, it's very important to be in tune with uh, 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 what others think around you. Uh, understand why they're doing what they're doing. Um, And we turn to others in our groups for information to help us understand the world. And uh, important in that too is also to know who is with you and who is actually uh, not with you, who is them, right? The outgroup members. And so what we see here is, is perhaps just something at play where you think that uh, there's this powerful group, them, who are actually trying to tell us what to do. And that uh, uh, belief that they're out there to harm us and they don't have the best intentions at, at, at heart, that uh, yeah, taps into a very old dynamics, some very human dynamics. You can call them evolutionary, but uh, that is always the case that we wanna know uh, who we, we can trust and we always test uh, uh, certain explanations that are given to us uh, by others and um, whether we believe what they're telling us. Um, and of course, we want to be accurate in that. We want to understand uh, why things are happening and uh, we want to have the correct solution, uh, correct explanation for certain events. So could you, I mean, is it safe to say that conspiracies, um, the benefit would be uh, to a society who is very risk averse. Maybe they're trying to protect themselves against um, a concept or uh, a group of people that might come out and uh, harm them or harm their way of living. Um, Well, I guess when when things happen in the world, right, like COVID or all sorts of big events, big disasters, people want an explanation. It's important Mm to know uh, why things are happening, to understand the world around you. So Mm -hmm. the fact that people are seeking these explanations, that's a natural thing to do. Uh, We all do that, where we actually find uh, that things, that there is a tension evolving is when um, there are official accounts of why things happen, why COVID uh, became a pandemic. Uh, um, and, uh, uh, you know, that people are no longer accepting those official accounts. So I don't see conspiracy theorizing necessarily as a problem because it is people being critical and uh, wanting to know exactly what happened. And sometimes it is also um, uh, correct that they're quite suspicious of their leaders and of powerful elites because, you know, uh, history tells (laughs) us that they're not always um, uh, telling us the truth. Right. And what, so what conditions, um, are, are there any um, underlying conditions or similar conditions to where conspiracy uh, theories actually form? Is there like a precursor for a conspiracy theory to form or is there, are there just uh, too, too many variables to identify? Yeah, there is, there is of course a, a lot of factors that can trigger um, conspiratorial thinking. Um, and so far, a lot of researchers have looked at more at individual differences or the personality. And, you know, you can do that. There's certainly evidence that some people who are a bit more intuitive 
not really uh, thinking value logical thinking that they're more likely to jump to uh, conspiracy theories as explanations. We're actually more interested in our work of how the broader context in what kind of context do you find that people gravitate towards conspiracy theories? And that is often, uh, we often see them pop up when there are big things happening. As I said, like uh, COVID, uh, like uh, 9-11, like um, mm. you know, the death of Princess Diana, the shooting of JFK, uh, all of those things that are really big events and they require explanations. And as I said, if you see as conspiracy theories more as an attempt to uh, find an explanation for why something happens, and it's often if you find an explanation also that you feel more in control, you understand the world again and you understand why things happen the way they do. So uh, uh, that's that's often the moments that that conspiratorial thinking uh, is triggered, right? It's again, it's a hypothesis about why something happens. And some hypotheses are certainly valid and they match uh, sort of uh, official accounts, but some hypotheses are a little bit more, you know, or actually really sort of challenging official accounts and are coming up with all sorts of explanations where maybe uh, there may not be all that much evidence for them. Hmm. And why do you believe they, um, because it's very easy to uh, look at the evidence and make a conclusion, but then to actually not have evidence and try to make another conclusion, um, why, why do people tend to gravitate towards that, um, that there's something hi hidden, there's a hidden um, narrative that is not being told to the public? Is, do we have yeah. um, a reason I, behind I that? Yeah, but uh, uh, so it is all about evidence indeed, mm -hmm. but uh, what often happens if you are go, going down the rabbit hole of believing conspiracy theories, that the uh, evidence that is being put forward by official channels, official leaders, is simply that they're saying, well, that's part of the conspiracy. That's what you want us to believe. So uh, it is discarded. And instead, um, people are more likely to, you know, accept anything else that others on the internet are saying, because they are the ones, they belong to my group, they're in-group members, and I trust what they say. And the accuracy, uh, validity of their arguments is not tested. It's just that is that is just accepted as being the true version of events. So that's where you get um, uh, the internet, in particular, has a particular role to play. In that, it's so easy to seek out others who are like us, mm. and you're finding yourself in an echo chamber where um, you're only exposed to people who all believe the same information. And sometimes you think, well, if everyone believes this, then it must be true, right? <laughs> it's no longer going back to doing uh, proper testing of, of what people are saying. Um, so it, it starts to lead a life by itself. And that's basically what we often see with conspiracy theories. Uh, they're just repeated narratives um, and uh, no one has really tested uh, any of the evidence that's, that's, uh, that's supposed to support them. Um, and the people who progenate these uh, ideas or conspiracy beliefs, are they similar to the people that actually receive that information and get um, uh, adopt the ideas? Or are these two, two separate um, sort of uh, 
people with different traits. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't see it as a, a necessarily as a leader and a follower type uh, issue. I think that uh, um, in it's uh, in that in, if you go on to conspiracy theory platforms, um, everyone is equal, and that's the beauty of it. Everyone has a voice, and everyone can contribute and is taken serious. So it's not necessarily the case that one person uh, can dictate, uh, you know, uh, what we believe and others just have to follow. And again, I think that's what is also different from the world that we find ourselves in, that uh, uh, there are certain authorities with voice and others who don't. So there is a, a, a conspiracy theory, theories are a big equalizer, right? And, mm -hmm. and everyone can join in and take part. And that can be very satisfying. Um, so I, I wouldn't see it necessarily, and, and that is, as I said, that's quite different from uh, the way that, um, look, for instance, the, uh, the, the pandemic and the information that was being distributed, it is very much uh, people at the top who tell us what to do and uh, are the uh, experts and authority. It's a one-way street. That's, that's valid, and I'm absolutely saying that's the way it should be, but psychologically speaking, that can be and rub some people the wrong up the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And the people who are, is, are there people who are more prone to adopting uh, conspiracy beliefs? Do they have like a psychological condition or um, a degree of uh, mental state where they're more likely to adopt a conspiracy belief? Are there similar traits between these people? Yeah, you, as I said before, you can certainly look at uh, personality. Um, at the same time, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that that's all that useful because uh, it can, for instance, not explain uh, how you have changes over time, fluctuations in the extent to which people believe conspiracy theories. Right. So, I, as I said, I think it's much more useful to look at particular context and how particular environments trigger the need for people to find uh, to embrace particular uh, uh, explanations that have a conspiracy theory element to them. Uh, and that, as I said, that that often uh, happens when we feel that things are out of control and we embrace conspiracy theories in an attempt to regain some of that lost control. And I've noticed, especially since the advent of social media, um, for example, uh, instant messaging like WhatsApp, for example, there seems to be um, a trend of spreading, uh, I would say, misinformation very easily. Um, do you have um, do you have any insight into why people um, spread this misinformation very uh, readily and they don't actually um, take the time to actually uh, fact check or use some critical thinking to analyze what they're <laughs> forwarding or sharing before they send it out? Yeah, look, I, I think that uh, the uh, people express themselves all the time. The difference now is that uh, you know, compared to decades ago when there would only be one person listening to you if you were lucky. Uh, now you can reach uh, uh, so many people and uh, it can start its own life because 
if that is something that others pick up and it seems that um, it becomes part of a narrative within a group online, then uh, the very fact that people are actually seem to all uh, believe this can make it seem real and accurate. Uh, so there are new dynamics going on there um, that I don't think that humans have changed and in the way that they communicate, they haven't changed. It's just that we have now ways to communicate with each other that can amplify some of that. And uh, so there are new things that were actually uh, coming across. The whole idea that you typically seek out people who think similarly to you, that's not new. But if you do that in uh, on social media and go in an echo chamber that can be multiplied and where you can reach so many people, then uh, you have much more powerful effects of course, right? It's no longer about the world, the reality, but it is the world is actually played out in a world where you're only being confirmed and other people say, yep, yeah, absolutely, that's correct, you're right. Uh, and if other people tell you that, well, you know, um, that's, that's quite rewarding, um, but it also means that you never have to challenge your beliefs. So um, in summary, would you say it's more for social validation? that people tend to share similar ideas so they get the um, people of like mind to share uh, positive feedback to what they're sharing? Uh, yeah, and we always do that. It's just that the uh, that uh, social media, the internet makes that, amplifies that mm -hmm. and provides us, whenever we feel we want to have validation, we can go any place, you know, we can go on the internet and find that place very easily. And um, is there, do we have like a bell curve or any chart that shows um, from when an idea starts in inception and then um, when it becomes considered a conspiracy theory or conspiracy belief and then when it uh, generally becomes assess accepted in the wider population as, uh, as a, like a common truth? Do we have um, uh, a bit of an understanding of how that works? No, I, I'm, I'm not sure uh, if, yeah, I'm not sure if the, if the bell curve is, is the way to approach it here. Okay. Uh, what, we, what we do know is that particular content that has high emotional value, that mm -hmm. attracts attention because it's, uh, it's an, I mean, don't forget, conspiracy theories, often they're very intriguing. They're very, uh, uh, you know, they, they come, very creative. Uh, yeah. There's some very uh, um, interesting ideas out there. And uh, the problem is, is that they're not true. <laughs> they're just being put out there. And we know from analysis that often if they go together with strong language that has emotional value, then that attracts a lot of attention. And it's perhaps not even the case that um, uh, if people are, have repeated exposure to some of these ideas, then they start to feel more true than, uh, in, than what they actually are. So it's, it's a combination of factors. And um, it's also, it would be interesting to do some work around that, right? What, uh, what are the factors? And there is already a bit of work on that on uh, Twitter, for instance. What makes it that people share particular ideas? Uh, what is it about those messages and, and those conspiracy theories that make them so attractive? 
but there's not a lot of work on how they die, right? When is it that, that they suddenly disappear and no one seems to use them anymore as explanations for, for particular events? And I have to ask, as a psychologist, how do we become more mindful of what we're consuming and how, what guide or recommendation would you give to um, people when trying to analyze or test their hypothesis on a certain scenario or situation? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I, I th there has been a, a bit of work already showing that it is a bit about the mindset with which you look at this information and it is about um, doing a bit your doing your homework about okay so what is the basis of this what is the evidence for this uh, and to also critically look at where this information is coming from that is of course the other thing with social media we're receiving so much information and we're never going back and really look at the source who started this and and uh, what was their evidence but I think even just having a very critical attitude towards some of the stories that are being shared, looking very carefully at the credibility of the source, uh, that might help um, to, and, and I think more generally have a bit of a, of a rule, particularly on social media, not to share information that uh, comes from dodgy sources or where it's uh, clear that, well, have this, these people done their homework. So it's, it's about that uh, skilling up uh, and, and, uh, and not assuming that everything that we come across uh, must be true, right? So it, it is almost a bit paradoxical because we don't assume that people would share information that they themselves know uh, that is false. So we always assume that, oh, someone else must have done their homework and must have fact-checked it. Um, and uh, therefore we give the responsibility to, others, uh, responsibility to others, but that may also then mean that, that we fall in a trap ourselves of uh, just being part of the system. So you could say that uh, as a design of trying to be more efficient, um, sometimes humans share uh, pieces of information that could be actually be classified as misinformation. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. And um, how do we come to a mutual understanding between people who, who are very strongly, um, firmly aligned to an ideology or belief, and uh, we, we come from another side of a different or opposing ideology? How do we come to a mutual understanding um, with, with the other side? Do we have any um, steps that we could take or any guides that we could take? Well, I mean, the problem of the last uh, decade has been uh, that there's been a lot of polarization, the idea that uh, there is a strong us and a strong them, and we are drifting apart, that, uh, that we're polar opposites in our views. In reality, that's often not the case. There's more commonality in the values that people have and the ideologies that they find important, but that's not what we're focusing on. We're often focusing on how we're different from people in other groups and we're amplifying that. And um, so, yeah, how to overcome it. Uh, it is clear from, from a lot of social psychological work uh, you can overcome it if you actually feel that, uh, you know, what holds us together is is, is more important if there is what we call a subordinate group, a subordinate identity, 
thinking about Australia, for instance, uh, well, if we really think about um, all the distinctions between city and regions, uh, between left wing, right wing, uh, you know, you can you can always find an opposition. But if what is important, and I guess leaders have a, have a very important role to play in that, is to actually downplay those differences and to look at the broader us, what holds us together and to um, nurture a sense of uh, solidarity and shared identity. Mm, I, I, you're right. I think I, we are seeing a trend of polarization, um, and especially in beliefs and politics. Is that a trend going to continue? Are we going to become more of a very polarized and tribal sort of species? Or do you think in the future we can actually overcome that and come together well, that's a big question. I, I think that there will always be polarization. There will always be a very strong us versus them. And what shifts over time is what we fight about, right? What we, mm -hmm. where we actually have the disagreements. Um, so it's, it's perhaps not about, well, whether this will increase, but I think uh, what we do see is that uh, leaders uh, at all levels, when, when they are able to emphasize uh, uh, why we're in this together, the shared identity that people have, we see that, uh, that uh, you know, you don't find those uh, uh, as much polarization uh, and uh, uh, that can be very, uh, uh, but look, so it depends all on uh, what leaders do and whether we actually buy into their narratives. Um, and uh, um, yeah, so that, that will fluctuate over time. Um, but and it's again, not necessarily a bad thing either. I mean, to have a difference of opinion or a difference of belief to, to the main narrative, correct? Uh, that's correct. It depends a little bit on uh, whether, uh, I mean, I'm thinking now of climate change uh, 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 in Australia. Well, uh, it's very clear that very unhelpful uh, us, them, uh, has stood for a long time in the way of taking action, much needed action. So hopefully, uh, if there is a greater uh, consensus on the topic of the importance of acting on uh, climate change uh, um, developments, then uh, that, that can only be a good thing, right? So it depends very much on what the topic is that we fight over, uh, right? And, and uh, whether uh, actually having a shared identity will lead us to be better, you know, take more action more quickly to uh, counter all of the uh, big challenges that will face us in the future. And just to bring it in about um, to focus in on what happened recently during the COVID-19 pandemic and the lockdowns, um, have you seen any trends uh, relating to a change in group thinking or um, conspiracy uh, belief adoptions? Well, I guess that uh, conspiracy theories, uh, I haven't seen any data on that. So I would... Uh, uh, anticipate that uh, that has uh, risen, you know, more people who embrace them. And that is simply because uh, we've lived for two years in a world that is changing so rapidly. And there's so many things that uh, are quite unsettling. The future is uncertain. Uh, there's a lack of control. 
And that's when we know that people are starting to embrace these conspiracy beliefs. In terms of groupthink, I, I think that's a different uh, issue altogether. The idea that, um, um, you know, that groups, when they become very cohesive, um, that they're actually being blindsided and are no longer critically evaluating uh, dissenting information. Um, that can happen. Um, there's very little evidence that that played a role in uh, COVID. And I also would like to point out that actually um, there's also just as much evidence that because groups are very cohesive and because there's high levels of solidarity, that groups make superior decisions, right? So that they are, um, you know, if you if you look at it, that that it is the, the groups who make better decisions compared to individuals. So it's um, uh, it's 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 a bit more complex than assuming that. Um, you know, just bring people together in a group and there will be groupthink and everything will go downhill from there when it comes to decision-making quality. Mm. Wonderful. Um, and for people who want to learn more about uh, psychology or group behavior or um, conspiracy uh, belief theories, where can we, uh, what resources would you recommend or um, what um, organizations can we reach out to, um, in your opinion? Are you looking for a particular book or particular uh, literature? Yeah, it could could, could yeah. be book recommendations, could be links um, yeah. to, to websites, yeah. could be organizations, yeah. Yeah, actually, I, I just uh, finished listening uh, as an audio book uh, to a book by uh, Jay Van Bavel and Dominic Pecker. It's called uh, The Power of Us. And they do a great job of unpacking the group dynamics uh, to various sort of uh, phenomena. What we just talked about, the idea of uh, polarization, uh, the spread of conspiracy theories, uh, why people embrace uh, fake news uh, accounts, uh, but also more general sort of why is it that, uh, when is it also that we're just uh, trusting our leaders and when, what happens when we uh, lose our trust in them. So it's a very rich uh, resource. I would certainly recommend to, to have a look at it. It's, uh, it's, uh, I certainly thought it was a great resource. Power of us. Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you very much for the podcast today, Miss um, Yolanda. Really appreciate uh, you disseminating information for us and hopefully we get a better understanding of what a conspiracy theory belief is and how group dynamics works. Okay, you're very welcome. <laughs>